Are you ready for round two of our podcast on family dynamics? Get it done. Yeah. Uh, again, I'd like to just introduce us. This is uh, Luke Austin. He's our worship pastor. Justin Saxon works as our youth pastor. I'm Ken White. I serve as a lead pastor, and we're in our second part of Family Dynamics. We're going to talk a little bit about conflict resolution. So it's Yay! going to be really important that we not yes. fight while we talk. <laughs> so, again, you know, one of the things that we're talking about with Family Dynamics is our two values. And since you're really in the mix of family ministry, I'm going to see if you can do the first one, and I'm going to see if Luke has learned from you last week and if he can do the second yes. one. Ooh. That should be good. Of course, Ooh, he's got it right good. in front of us, Ooh. so, you know. What's the first no, value? Word? The first one is that we want to equip parents, and that's part of why we do this series. It's part of why we do a lot of our parenting teachings and other seminars and things, because every year we ask, like, hey, parents, what are you wrestling with? What's going on in your families? And we do our best to address that throughout the year. The second one is to build cross-generational connections. Uh, that's because the church is, has such a wealth of gifts in each generation, and we learn and we grow from each other. So uh, young people and old people come together, and that's, that's just a, a core value of our church. Yeah. You know, a couple weeks ago, I had the privilege of serving in a memorial service for one of our older saints, Oral Borgeson, who passed away at the age of 103. Right. And she was born in 1917, and, and there was just incredible ability she had to reach across the generations. I was really amazed at her ability to reach down and speak to me. I was literally, uh, you know, almost 60 years younger than her. <laughs> 50 years younger, yeah. So, well, we're going to talk a little bit about conflict resolution, and we, when we talk about these, we're talking about specific dynamics, and we're looking at two sorts of movements of dynamics one we're calling a dynamic of self-control or restraint, and the other a dynamic of grace. And in fact, spiritual formation happens that way. We, we take things away that harm us, and we, we replace them with things that will help us. Mm -hmm. And so last week, we uh, talked about communication. This week, we're going to talk about conflict resolution. And the first uh, dynamic of self-control is, is to not fight or don't fight. And so let's just, let's just move right into that. Remember, we're looking at some of the Proverbs as our, our basic book, and so we looked at a couple of Proverbs on Sunday. Proverbs 17, 14. The beginning of strife is like letting out water, so quit before the quarrel breaks out. And I read that on Sunday, and I, I all of a sudden I realized what that proverb was, was saying. I didn't actually, uh, you know, really fully understand that. And it's, <laughs> it's really about that, that basic thing that we all have to do every day. Rather graphic. Yes, it's rather graphic, <laughs> which the Bible is. So it just talks about quit before the quarrel breaks out. So then I'm just going to kind of turn to each of you. And the dynamic is to have a great family dynamic and conflict resolution. Don't fight. So I wonder in your in your life. I'll just start with you, Justin. How that's worked? You know, in the in your nuclear family with your yeah. kids, with Melissa, with your own parents. Wh where do you see that happening? Well, I think uh, with that Proverbs 17 verse, there's always a moment where you can kind of feel, like you said, you feel it building up. You feel like you you want to start pointing or saying something, and you know there's one thing that you could say. Oh, I really want to say this, and then <laughs> that's when the tide kind of turns or the dam breaks. You know. And I think learning where that is in yourself, um, what that might be for someone else, if I'm having a conversation with one of my kids or my in-laws, like if I say this, we're gonna be in a fight. So maybe just keep my mouth shut. Yeah, yeah. 
How's that worked out for you? you when you said this on Sunday, I had that Friends episode that pictured in my head where when Chandler is going to tell everybody that he doesn't like puppies, puppies. and yeah. Joey goes, don't! Yeah. Don't do it. do it! Don't do it! Don't do it! It's time. And then Chandler lets the cat out of the bag that he doesn't like puppies, and everybody is just horrified at him. Just how dare you? And so they have this big fight. Oh, is it going to be Chandler? Is it going to be the puppy? And how that works in... In my family, um, I'm a middle child, and I love to poke fun. Just absolutely love to poke fun. Haley cannot stand that. Any sarcasm, she, she just, it, it, it wounds her. It internalizes her. It, it breaks her. And so I had to learn, and still learning, over, <laughs> over the 12 years of our marriage, just to not say anything. Don't, don't bring up anything that's going to be wounding to her and yeah. mostly yeah. That, that rips me because I'm a sarcastic and brilliantly hilarious comedian. So I'll Just say something's you. really funny at her expense and that is automatically going to trigger a fight. With my kids, um, I've learned that, especially younger kids, if you say that you're going to do something, that to them is bonding. That is ironclad. That is the word from on high that this thing has happened. So if I renege on anything that even an idea of something that breaks their heart and that yeah. that will also lead to a fight. Yeah. Well, and just kind of sticking with you, Luke, I just wanted to move this into our family of origin. Like how, how did, were you shaped in the fighting realm <laughs> within your family? Was it a lot of sarcasm? Was it not that? Or how did, how did it look? So I had polar opposite parents. My mother is a little bit more like me and she always spoke well of her father who loved to fight, especially like theologically. So she, she'd go from like a one to a 10 real fast if there, especially when we were teenagers and when sarcasm was being built up or any kind of rebellion, she'd, she'd rise up and, and raise her voice. My dad is the exact opposite he's that soft answer turns away wrath thing yeah. i still to this day i'm 37 have never heard my father raise his voice in any tone of animation it's just a remarkable thing so unfortunately i took a little bit more of my mother's <laughs> characteristics and yeah. and i go real fast up uh and i really wish i could be more like dad because he would just anytime there's tension in the room he would deflate it with a calm voice and a low simple answer yeah. well i, I I remember when I was growing up, one of the families that's shaped me the most is the church family. And so my high school youth pastor, and not to put everything on you, but you make a big difference to people, mm -hmm. is her saying to me that my group of friends really scared her because we were really, really sarcastic. Mm -hmm. And I, I began to realize that sarcasm has different effects on different people. Now fast forward here to Forest Park Covenant Church, and you know, there's we have a wide range of people, and there is a, a kind of group of people, and they tend to be guys, older guys, and so I've hung out with some older guys here, and when I was first here, I was hanging out in the in the, in the uh, gathering place, and we were just eating cookies and stuff, and somebody was trying to give me a hard time, uh, and his name was Gary, <laughs> and he was trying to give me a hard time, and he was saying, well, they, they seem to be doing this to you, and, and I said to him, well, the reason is because they love me more than they do you, Gary, <laughs> and there was another Gary there, and he just started, they just started laughing, and I, you know, part of the thing about the attraction of sarcasm is that for a certain group of people, it's, it's really a killer, but for another group of people, and they, 
tend to reside also in the church family and in our in our families themselves, it's kind of a no-go. So you right. have to kind of figure that one out. I, Justin, how, how have you found that? I'm going back to your family of origin. How have you found that you fought in your family of origin? Um, I can remember to this day as I started getting old enough to understand sarcasm and starting to be able to poke fun and throw out little jabs. I remember my mom hating it. Mm-hmm. She could not stand mm-hmm. when we were sarcastic. Mm-hmm. And my dad was a little bit sarcastic, and he would say things. And I can distinctly remember a meal where my mom had made breadsticks and maybe left them in the oven just a little too long. And my dad and I were, like, tapping them on the table. <laughs> and we're having a great time, like, making jokes. And all. And my mom was so upset. Yeah. And it, I mean, I, yeah, you, you have to learn. It takes a long time to realize, oh, I, you don't – not only do you not enjoy that, but it actually hurts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so – yeah, yeah can't one, do that. <laughs> one of the things that Marsha, uh, my wife, uh, mm-hmm. said to me when we were first married is that every once in a while I would be sarcastic and she would say, that sounds like a put down. And I would think about sarcasm and I would think, well, it is. It is a put down at, at fundamentally. Mm-hmm. And so what she was trying to say to me was, don't put me down. And she would she would say that right out loud and I began to realize especially with her that sarcasm isn't a, isn't a winning thing and if I wanted to have a happy family I was going to have to figure that one out yeah. I haven't figured it out fully <laughs> but you know I'm, I'm trying my best any any other uh, thoughts that come to you about not fighting there are those things when you've been married long enough that you know if, if there's a topic you just have to avoid the topic like you were saying a little earlier, it's so difficult though, because you you want to poke or you want maybe you just want to fight. Right. Sometimes it's just a joy <laughs> to, to to fight. So right. when those well up in me, I have to kind of think about the well being of the other person, which is not always the first thing that comes to my mind. Right. I, I, you know, I want to bless you. I just want to love you, and I want your your mind and your heart and your emotions to to be at peace. Yeah. 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 Well, the thing about the the spiritual dynamics of removing things and then putting something in it, that's classic theology of Paul and Jesus, and you have to take off the old and put on the new. And so putting on the new in conflict resolution we talk about is pursuing peace. So one of the classic New Testament passages, Romans 14, 19, says, so then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Mm. And, and I think that when we start thinking about peace and really building it, we have to think about the fact that we're actually there for the other person, and that will, will help us in that regard. So just again, kind of turning it uh, as a question, how in your life, Justin, have you seen your family and yourself pursue peace? Um, one of the things I struggle with is, is I'm having a conversation with one of, my, one of my kids, and I'm maybe pointing out something that I think they need to pay attention to, and a lot of times, you know, it escalates. I'm like, why did it go? Why did it turn into a fight? I don't understand. And Melissa's like, don't you realize when you say this, that instantly like sets maybe my son or whoever off? Or don't you realize? Mm. No, I guess I don't. And so I struggle because I feel like as a dad, like, hey, you got to do this, pay attention, whatever. And I, I'm learning to realize, okay. Maybe I do want to say this, but there's a better way to go about this um, that will maybe maintain our relationship yeah. and keep it strong. And 
not have my kids feel like, well, he's dead, and so he's got to be right, or I don't know. Yeah, and so that's, that's slow. That yeah. last part is really a powerful thing, especially we're sitting here with three fathers. Yeah, is that our presence and our words can have an outsized impact on our kids. So if we're not really cognizant of what they're like, and then we it's just all about us, and then we just sort of you know spew these things on them they can grow up to think that that's what they need to do. And then they also, you know, hold this hidden hurt within them. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, one of the things that I've tried to do with my sons who are now 30 and 26 is occasionally I'll just come back and go, anything, uh, anything we need to talk <laughs> about? Um, and if I do something, huh. you know, wrong, yeah. which, uh, you know, I do. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, I try to, I try to apologize yeah. as quickly as I can um, because it's, it's, it's not us not being human. It's us being more human. I think that's a big one, being, being quick to apologize, not dragging it out, not waiting a day or two till you calm down, but uh, just going straight to my, hey, I'm really sorry. Yeah. I completely blew it there, and I was wrong, and yeah. uh, will you forgive me? It's that quick, quick swallowing, right? quick, yeah. quick humility act. Yep. Yeah, and then letting it go, yep. both letting yep. it go on the inside of, for, for your own guilt, but also letting it go in terms of what you might have felt like they had done to you. So mm -hmm. how, about, how about you, Luke? How have you pursued peace within your family? It sets Haley and my teeth on edge when our children constantly argue, and they constantly argue. <laughs> and the first thing that we always want to do is to yell at them, stop arguing, <laughs> stop tearing each other down. And so we're teaching them the exact opposite thing of what we're wanting them to do. Don't you love each other? Why don't you try to bless each other? Be peaceful with each other. Yeah. <laughs> so they're getting that, wait a minute. Uh, so Haley and I have tried really intentionally to, uh, when, when we see because usually there's a culprit, right? Just like it's me with Haley poking sure. in with sarcasm, there's usually one child who is just all day jabbing, <laughs> jabbing at their, at their sibling. So you get towards the end of the day and you get to lay the hammer down on that one child with um, a peaceful talk. <laughs> Let's talk about what our, it's interesting, last week was communication, this week is conflict resolution. It's all about how you use words how you ask questions, how you show care, how do you, how do you restrain yourself from talking, and what is it exactly that you're doing when you speak in this manner to this person? Yeah. So uh, that's, that's what Haley and I are really trying to do with our kids well, now anyway. The classic uh, peacemaking task of parents is to try to help their kids to make peace, and so you'll say to one kid, you know, apologize to the other, and they'll say, sorry. Right. <laughs> so I just I remember you had said something like that. And I just wondered, uh, have you been able to solve that dilemma? How do you get your kids to really understand what it means to apologize to another person and actually mean it? Do, mm. And maybe another way of saying that is, have you seen that? And what have you seen happen with your kids on that end? Yeah, it's really most of it has been explaining exactly the hurt of, of the other child because they won't be able to explain it in, in words to, to their sibling. So I, that's a big part of our, is just stepping in the gap for the person that's been hurt and trying to explain the person that did the wounding exactly how they made the other person feel. And once they can come to an understanding, then it's much easier for them to go and say, hey, I'm really sorry, and we have to make them be specific. 
huh, about about that emotion. Like, I'm really sorry I did this, and I'm really sorry I made you feel this way. Yeah, in a sense, you're trying to help them understand what their emotions actually are. Yes, building mm-hmm. emotional intelligence, which is which is difficult. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because we we it's not like we stop having to build our own emotional intelligence, right? right? Yeah. And your kids are from the age, say the eight raging age, two to like ten, two to ten, two and to your 10, yours yeah. are actually like fourteen to. 18, right? Is that 12 right? To 17. 12 to 17. Mm-hmm. So how how do you see that peacemaking between your kids? Is um, it is a little bit different? It is. It is. I think as we've worked on that for a long time, you know, go sell, go sort it out. You guys go talk, go sit and talk together. And instantly, whoever was the one in trouble or instigating is like, well, I'm sorry, but here the is what I was trying line. to do. And here <laughs> is why I did this. And uh-huh. so we fought forever. Just like, no, that's not what you're there to do. What you're there to do is to ask why this upset, whatever you did upset so-and-so. Right. Jake, when you did yeah. this, why did it upset your sister? Natalie, yeah. when you did this, you have to figure out why, and then you got to make it right. Yeah. And it's not just saying I'm sorry, but just coming to a mutual accord or understanding. Yeah. Well, the other part of this is, you know, you have six kids, you have four kids, I have two kids, and it's actually, I think, uh, it, it, it progresses exponentially in a sense. So it's like it's not just twice as hard. I feel like it's eight times harder with four with four kids and then I think it's like 50 (laughs) times harder with six kids so I think that you guys are doing you know just doing an awesome job and I also think it has something to do with uh, genetics and how people are made up so you guys have been around me you've been around my wife Marsha and Jonathan and Jesse they're just laid-back guys you know it's not that they haven't gotten into fights with each other and as they've grown up and been around each other Lo and behold, little little past fights <laughs> kind of come to the fore, you know, mm. where we thought when we let them watch each other, you know, when they were like 12 and 8 and then 13 and 9 and they're, they're four years apart, uh, that everything was just fine at home. Well, <laughs> it wasn't. And, and what I've just discovered is that it's actually a part of their story, you know, not only how they fought with each other but how they've made up with each other and then you see if they're in a place where they're at peace with each other it's a real blessing because they they really love being around each other which Mm -hmm. frankly i I mean all of your kids my my eyeball tells me they love being around each other yeah they they do we get comments on that all the time man my kids didn't didn't play together that well We're, we're just constantly amazed and i go you don't know all the fighting that goes on, but thank you, thank you so much yeah. that you think our, my kids never fight and just have such a great time playing with each other. I'd say for the majority of the part that, that is true, they they do love each other, and and I'm glad that they're able to build memories. Uh, and I hope there's more peaceful memories than there are uh, about the conflicts. But I, I think hoping the conflict teaches yeah. them. Yeah, I think one of the things about pursuing peace and like making that the thing that we fight for in a family like we want good relationships we want to be a team that works together well my kids have noticed how many other families kids can't stand each other Mm. siblings like Mm. i hate my sister i hate my brother my kids are like wow that's that's kind of hard to see because like they disagree they get in fights but they actually can sort through it yeah and then realize oh i yeah i still love you yeah you still love me and well and that leads into the segue for next week we're going to talk about non-traditional families and when we go into that, you know, I'll be talking about this on Sunday. I'm going to share a little bit of my story because I have a non-traditional family. And so the family that I come from doesn't exude the kinds of love that I've experienced with my kids and my wife that I've seen with your family and your family. But what I've seen is that as you keep after it, God continues to work in our hearts and our minds 
to draw us deeper and deeper into what he calls us to be toward a healthy family. Well, I, uh, I always love to see if I can throw out if anybody has a final word. Anybody, either of you want to say something final? We'll just close it up that well, way. Well, I just want to note we're, we're in the video studio room, and we have our desks and getting these podcasts mic and some lighting, so and things are... Things are coming coming along here. And, so and we're safe distanced here. And, so yes, we're safe here we go. Yeah, well, thank you so much for working on this. Uh, Justin and Connor worked together on this table, so it's great. And we're very thankful for Chas, who's working behind the scenes with the camera. <laughs> you can't see him, but we're very thankful for it. And we look forward to next week when we start our next uh, podcast on family dynamics on the non-traditional family. We hope you'll join us. Hey.